in the back hills of Arkansas in the year 1855. <laughs> Whoa, horse. Whoa, what's scaring you so much? <laughs> we have to stop these people. But how? We don't even know if they're people. They're not people. Uh, pushing over a wagon. Wagon catches on fire. Person standing in front of the silhouette of the fire. Yes, we don't know. No human could push over. <laughs> no human could push over a wagon like that. Howl echoing over the moonlit landscape of Arkansas. We don't know how to stop these raiders. You already said that. Well, I'm saying it again, dang it. We don't have to stop these people. They're not people. Then what are they? They're the Bigfoot. And this is the story of the human Bigfoot War of 1855. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. If you guys listened to yesterday's episode, I think you can tell how how healthy I am, which is not very. The ending of that episode sounded like I was really trying not to cry at the story of Martin Guerrero. I was holding in a cough for about 15 seconds and I was trying to say that final line so I could just finish the episode. Cough. And then go to sleep. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I, it could be the combination of me. I've completely given up the nicotine. I'm not even on the patch anymore. So I'm feeling kind of good, but quite miserable. Could just be coming down with something because of the weather. I don't know. So this episode actually is only going to be one story. But it's a good story. But so this episode is probably going to be a little short. I just need to get some more rest. But I want it. I'm glad I saved this one. Because I think this one is definitely one that can hold up its own episode. Don't need anything else. So let's go ahead and jump into the Bigfoot Human War, or the Human Bigfoot War. I really don't think it matters which one comes first. But this is from the Conspiracy Iceberg. This is also a recommendation from our Bigfoot, our resident Bigfoot expert, Bennett. Bennett, thank you. This is one that I've actually had on the docket for quite a while. I researched it probably like six, seven months ago and just haven't reported it. And then Bennett reminded me that it existed, and I was like, oh yeah, I already have the notes on this one. So thank you, Bennett, for reminding me that of work that I had previously done. Let's go ahead and jump into this. So, we're going to get on our mighty steeds. <laughs> that sounds like a witch, but it's not. We're not jumping on top of old-timey witches. We're jumping on top of our horses. Getting on our horse, mounting our horses is a better term. You're not just jumping up and down on them. So get on your steed, young traveler. <laughs> <laughs> I'll eat your children. We're like, that's not a horse. You gotta get a real one. So we're taking our horses. We're gonna ride back into time. We're going back to the year 1855. We're going to the state of Arkansas. Now, I think in 1855, it was still pretty like, yeah, there was a government there, but it wasn't like super. It wasn't like it is today. I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is. The state had, like, uh, uh, U.S. citizens in it and then a bunch of natives in it as well, which might, again, might be the case today. But I think it was, I'm trying to say it was probably more wilderness-y. Wilderness-y, okay? 
So nowadays you can go to Little Rock, but back then it was just rock. It was just a giant rock. It hadn't been carved down yet by the settlers. So riding through the wilderness of Arkansas on our horses, on our mighty, mighty steeds. And we're going to meet the Choctaw tribe. And there we're going to meet a dude named Hamas Tubby. So we're like poking his stomach. We're like, hey, Tubby. Hey, he has a full on six pack. This guy is a massive warrior. He's like, you can call me Tubby all you want, Tubby. You're the one who's Tubby, Jason. And I'm like, you're right. But at least my name's not Tubby. Hamas Tubby. And he has a bunch of sons, right? And they're recorded to be, the Choctaw tribe is already a very tall Native American tribe. But apparently, Tubby and sons are pushing seven feet tall. Seven feet tall. So a couple inches taller than me. So massive people, right? And they're in a group of even bigger dudes. And while Hamas and company are chilling, they're actually probably doing a lot to further the growth of their tribe. But while they're in the area, you start hearing reports of raiding parties. People go, oh, Tubby, Tubby, I'm so glad you're here. They're like, what's the matter, dude? And he's like... So I was walking with my girlfriend down by the river, right? And somebody, like, pushed us. And then we ran away. <laughs> the native dude's like, oh, well, that's, that's, that's quite rude. You got pushed. And they're like, yeah, you got pushed. Like, okay, you leave. And then if someone else comes and they're like, oh, Tubby, Tubby. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, I, I was just walking by the river. But I had a bale of apples with me. I was carrying apples. And something came out of the woods and, and pushed me over and took my apples. And Tubby's like, the, the, plot, the plot thickens. Now we have a motive for this pushing action that's going on. And then... No, no, okay. So, <laughs> so let me be clear here. People weren't getting pushed at the river. The point is is that I was trying to build a narrative. There were multiple attacks by raiders in the area against people. So whether or not apples or girlfriends were being pushed over, the point is is that someone kept attacking Choctaw natives in the area. Big people. I mean, if a Choctaw is like, oh my god, that guy was so huge. Tubby knows, hmm, that's interesting, because we're the biggest people around. And we haven't eaten apples in a while. So... They're getting word of these raiding parties in the area, both at the river and beyond. So they try to find out what's going on, who's attacking their people. And then children start to disappear. So at this point, Tubby's like, okay, apples getting pushed or no apples getting pushed. This has gotten serious. Like, we have to take care of this. Kids are missing. So they form up a posse. They form up a search party to find who is taking these people. What they do is they have a 30-man crew. So they're like, load up, boys. <laughs> Loading up their rifles. <laughs> Putting bullets in. <laughs> Guy's holding up a picture of his girlfriend. He's <laughs> kisses it, <laughs> puts it on the top of his horse. So you can see it as he's riding into battle. They're like, who's that? He's like, this is the girl I'm coming back to. Puts it on there. They're like, come on, boys. Quit messing around. Get your guns ready. we got to go find some kid killers. And they're like, wait a second. How do you know they're killing the kids? He's like, I skipped ahead in the story. So... This group, the person who skipped ahead in the story, his name is Joshua LaFleur. He's half French, half Choctaw. And he goes, come on, boys, let's do this. We're going to find these people. We're going to push them into the mud. <laughs> we're going to do more than that. We're going to kill them. And they're like, yay, yay. Some guy was like, really? You're just going to push them into the mud? It's like, hey, it's improv. 
I'm just coming off the top of my head. He hops on his horse. Now we're gonna ride with him. Come on, come on, dude, get your horse. We're gonna make him wear these tiny people among these seven foot tall soldiers. We're wearing like modern day clothes. They're pretending not to notice, but they're like those guys are idiots. They think they can be in this battle with us. But anyways, we earn their trust halfway through the journey because they keep dropping stuff on the ground and we pick it up for them because we're tiny. Tall people can't pick stuff up. So anyways, we're riding, I don't know, we're riding our horses in this big cavalry band. Now we're able to track these bandits down in relatively short order. It's not like the next day they're like, oh, look, but these guys are expert trackers. So we're able to get to where we're going and it doesn't take a lot of time. And at one point we're up in a hill and Joshua's like, get down, get down. All the horses are, <laughs> are getting down. They're high. Can a horse kneel? A horse can like get down. Can a horse sit like a sphinx? Can a horse sit, actually? I think it's a good enough question. But, like, horses seem to be... You know what's funny? And uh, sorry to go on this segue on my episode. I'm trying to make short because I don't feel good. Horses are one of the most alien-looking creatures that I think we see on a daily basis. Like, yeah, you know, water bears look weird and, like, insects are pretty disgusting. But when you see a horse, it actually looks like... Some kid drew something and it came to life. It doesn't, it's a big fat, it basically has the body of a maggot, just like a big round torso, and then tiny little stick legs, and then just a a head shaped like an aquatic creature, or dinosaur, and then a tail. And it's so gross, horses are pretty like gross looking. They're magnificent, and they're kind of awesome to look at, but they look like big brown maggots with stick legs. Like really... They're super, super alien looking. They don't look like they belong. Like a dog, everything looks in proportion. Cat, everything looks in proportion. Cows, even. Cows look kind of weird, too. But not as weird as a horse. Anyways. You're like, Jason, what horses are you looking at? The most magnificent muscular beast on... I don't know. They just look alien to me. I'm not saying that they're not pretty. I mean, brown maggots aren't pretty by definition, but they just look so alien to me. Anyways, we're riding these horses. (laughs) The horse is looking at me as I'm delivering that monologue. The horse that I'm riding is like, dude, you're kind of a jerk. And he's trying to fight. I'm like, come on, horse. No, no, no. You're good. You're one of the good ones. You're one of the good ones. Oh, okay. Thanks, Jason. So we're walking. Anyways, we come to this hill. The horses are ducking down. And Joshua LaFleur breaks out this homemade telescope. It's basically just two pieces of cardboard and some nerd's eyeglasses that he stole back in town. He's turning. He's like, there's a raiding party. I see the party over there. That's the raiders. They're in that little forested area. Mount up, boys. Get back on our horses. Check our rifles. Yep. According to the story, we're rocking sharp rifles. They're 50 caliber combat rifles. So getting putting those big old bullets in. We're about to blow up some raiders. Joshua LaFleur. Let's go. We're riding down the hill now. Full charge. Not just tropping. I don't know why I'm making that noise. Just all Sounds like a dude, some British dude's about to start rapping. The forest, not the forest, the forest stays there. The horses crash into the forest. So the horses rush into the forest. We're on the horses. So we all rush into the forest. And the first thing we're hit with is the smell of death. <coughs> Start choking and gagging. Some of the, the smell's so bad. Some of the horses <laughs> throw their 
<laughs> throw their right. It sounds like a witch. Throw their riders off of them. Ugh. Horses take off. The smell's that bad. Imagine if somebody who never wore deodorant died in an outhouse on a summer day, and then that outhouse farted in your mouth. That is what the smell of this area is like. That is about enough. We're starting to gag. <laughs> Oddly enough, one of the guys is like, oh, yes, my favorite smell in the world. He has a fetish for this, but the rest of us. <laughs> now, as we're combating this basically chemical weapon at this point, we can't stand the smell of death. We start to see these three figures kind of hunched over a pile of something. And while we're like, our eyes are all watery, <laughs> trying to figure out what's going on. One of them stands up, and it's truly a monstrous man, if not a monster itself. Seven to eight feet tall, seemingly covered in hair, and holding, like a chicken wing, the arm of a dead child. (laughs) Taking another bite, just looking at us. And we see there's two other figures like him, and they're standing by a pile of all the dead children that have been missing. There have been nine of them. I don't know if I said how many there were. Anyways, there's been nine of them. And they're partially decayed and being eaten or have been eaten. And it doesn't matter because at this point we're throwing up. And the creature kind of wipes its mouth off. Now Joshua LaFleur, he's not freaking out. He's not throwing up. He's still on his horse. He's completely enraged by what he sees. He, He takes his horse, he grabs his sword, and he charge! And he goes running towards, on horseback... The guy who's standing up who's just eating the kid's arm. Running full bore. He's going to chop this dude's head off. And the creature turns and just punches the horse in the head and kills the horse instantly. Now Joshua falls off the horse and the creature looks over at him. And Joshua pulls out his pistol and just unloads. Pop, 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 pop. Every bullet. Pop, 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 pop. Hits this creature. He empties the gun into this creature. Creature still coming. Joshua gets to his feet. Joshua grabs a sword and just starts hacking at this guy. Now, he's drawn blood, just slicing it up. He's cutting his blood everywhere. He's doing damage. This isn't some sort of mystical creature, but it is some sort of creature. And it's still coming towards him as Joshua's stabbing and slicing and cutting. And then we're all in shock by what's going on because this whole thing happened in a matter of seconds. From the time we all fell off of our horses or just smelled... The horrible stench to where we're at right now. Everyone's frozen. All these combat trained soldiers are frozen. And us. And then and then one of the other creatures walks up behind Joshua. And while he's stabbing the first one, desperately trying to kill it, the other one just walks up, grabs the back of Joshua's head, and goes... And rips his head off of his shoulders. And Joshua just falls to the ground. Now, I imagine the creature did some sort of Harlem Globetrotter move the head, started rolling around, spinning it on his finger. But whatever happened in real life, all the shock of people ended right there. Like, seeing their leader killed made them not be in shock. Which, okay, let's take a second to go over this part real quick. That is a really, really bad team. If you are a military man and you're trying to pick your best team... Can you, hand, can you do well under pressure? Well, it depends. If it's really smelly, I can't. But don't worry, Captain. The second you die, I'll be ready to fight again. But anyways, everyone's kind of like, whoa, what was that? I just saw a bunch of kids getting eaten. 
I just saw a horse get punched to death, and I saw uh, my captain's head get ripped off. It's time to fight. Everyone opens fire with their rifles now. Their sharp 50 caliber rifles. Creatures are like... Getting shot. Now, it says in the story that every shot was a headshot because these guys were so good with these rifles. And I'm telling you that, not because we're humble bragging. I'm like, all right, dude, we're so good shooting people with these rifles. It's because it plays an interesting part in what's coming up. But anyways, so you just see this Bigfoot. It's like a close-up of a rifle shoot, and then a Bigfoot piece goes off his head, and then another shot piece goes off his head, and then slow motion. Bigfoot brains going everywhere. And then I guess I want to be making that noise. It would already be dead. All three of these creatures just getting massive 50 caliber rounds to the head. Then birds come back to the forest. They're French birds, apparently. And nature has been restored. Now, they're like, oh, wait, no, wait, sorry. Then there's, I forgot this part. So then they think they're all dead, right? But one of the creatures doesn't get shot in the head multiple times by 50 caliber rounds. So here's the epilogue. So they're like, that, good thing that was done. And some guy has his back to one of the raiders. He's like, yeah, can you believe these guys are such knuckleheads? We killed them so easily. What a bunch of, what a bunch of rumdingers. And then the creature gets up and starts running. They're like, ah. Uh. And so this young brave jumps off of his horse and grabs his knife, and he's running through the jungle, and the creature's like, and the dude's running behind him, monsters running, and then the guy jumps up, sticks him with a knife, and just kills this dude with, this monster with a knife. Now, he'd been shot up a bunch of times, so they did think he was dead, or not, it doesn't matter. The point is, is that the last one was killed by a knife. So, the remaining people, all of us, basically, there was 30 people in Josh Lafleur, Lafleur, whatever, he died he got his head ripped off so we start digging gra- they make us dig the graves because we were completely useless in that fight we dig the graves we dig the grave for joshua we dig the grave to bury the children and then we just burn the body of the raiders we burn the bodies of these bandits slash monsters because they don't deserve a proper burial and then we ride back home and we get home and there's a little little kid walks up to you and be like hey hey what what'd you guys see out there? Is it true? Is it true? The smell and the head and the head getting punched off and and all of that stuff. And we look down at the little boy and we go, I don't know if it's true. We're about to figure that out. We're about to figure that out, little boy. <laughs> He's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. And then bam, we're back in the present day. And then we go and grab a history book and we look up and it says, 1855, a little boy asked the question of two strangers and... <laughs> And they didn't have an answer. That little boy decided to dedicate his life to finding answers. That little boy's name was Hawking. Stephen Hawking. So we didn't know it, but we actually inspired <laughs> Stephen Hawking. Native American boy. <laughs> but you didn't know that. Native American boy born in 1855. <laughs> Anyways, the point is, is that we're back in the future. Let's take a look and see how much of this story is true. Now, I, like I said, I came across this story months and months ago. And I did all the research and I just let it sit there. And I thought, well, I just, I don't really, th- I think it's totally fake. I think it's 100% fake. So I was like, yeah, I've done a lot of stories where I just talk about it and then go, it's fake and then move on. 
that's what was preventing me from talking about it. But when Bennett was like, hey, yeah, you should cover it, I was like, yeah, I'll give it another look. So let's really dig into this thing here. There's a website called sasquatchhistory.wordpress.com, which is a really good website because I always like websites that take, like, love exploring stuff, but then also know that stuff needs to be dunked and debunked, debunked. And that is what this podcast does as well. So let's take a look at what we can verify with this story. This is what the Sasquatch History website says. One, those sharp rifles, they didn't come out in 1855. They weren't invented until 1870. So right there, we have a problem. And they were 50 caliber rifles, but the thing is, is like this website was saying, that Native Americans really wouldn't have access, if they had access to a 50 caliber rifle, the, the ammo would be quite rare for them. They wouldn't be able to be super well trained on them to land headshot after headshot after headshot. Because it was a military grade rifle with military grade weaponry, it would be harder to get than say like a 22 round or something like that. So, right there you go, well then it's not true because these weapons that are named in it aren't didn't exist at the time. Even if they did, they wouldn't be plausible for them to use. Well, what's interesting is the story itself might be true, but the detail could have been added in later. So it could have originally just been they were using rifles and someone says, oh no, they'd have to have 50 caliber rifles to fight these monsters. But apparently this story has some seed of truth into it. If we look at the original story, that there these weren't creatures at all. They weren't Bigfoots. Originally it was just, there was a bunch of raiders in the area and... They were killing kids at a certain point, and these guys came out, and they fought humans, and they shot them a bunch of times in the head, and that was kind of the end of it. And then the humans became more than human. They became man-beasts, and then over time, they became beasts or Bigfoots. So now they're fighting giant hairy people in the middle of the woods. So you have that. You have an origin of the story. You have, like, an evolution of the story. The area where this happened... In the Choctaw language, it's known as looking for killers. This little grove where all this supposedly went down is known as looking for killers in Choctaw. So it's possible something went down. However, here's the real kicker. I'm getting all of those details from that website, sasquatchhistory.wordpress.com, and they could be making it up or they could be completely wrong. Because I I tried looking for the Glen. I tried looking for what looking for killers means in Choctaw. I tried looking for earlier versions of the story. I couldn't find anything. The real kicker to the story of whether or not it's true is there is no such person as Joshua LaFleur. The person did not exist at that time period. I'm not saying that there's not one now. Some guy is a bookkeeper in Idaho. He's like starts to fade away. He's like, no, I don't exist. At the time, there was no guy named Joshua LaFleur. There was a LaFleur family. They were very, very influential members of the Choctaw community. They were half French, half Choctaw. All of that stuff checks out. But there was no Captain Joshua LaFleur. That person did not exist. There was a Jackson LaFleur, but it was born after the events. So we have all these different little details that don't add up, that make you go, the story's fake. When you talk about people riding and shooting monsters in the middle of the woods, which is really what the the monsters are eating children, heroes show up, shoot monsters into story. When you're talking about a story that's fanciful, your details need to be on point. And it's funny because had they left out the name of Joshua LaFleur or the types of rifles, the story would be much harder to just flat out debunk and say it didn't happen because these details didn't happen. But 
I think there's a more interesting... Let's assume that a version of the story happened. That it wasn't humans fighting Bigfoots. Which is possible because you figure that humans fought Neanderthals for thousands of years. We had constant struggles with other species, other humanoid species on this planet. The idea of a bunch of people in the wild, wild west shooting at Bigfoots isn't super out of the or like if you believe in that type of stuff i mean obviously it's not like a scientist it's like you're right jason that isn't out of the ordinary in fact it's quite plausible like i'm not saying that but if you believe in this stuff anyways then but i think there's actually a more interesting question to this i think there's actually a more interesting theory to this so let's assume that the events themselves are true they didn't use the rifles joshua lafleur is isn't in it it's some other dude people are getting attacked pushed by the river Children go missing, search party shows up, and they see in this wilderness a bunch of people run off, and they see three mighty men left behind. Tall men, seemingly covered in hair, almost supernaturally strong. And these three men turn and fight to the death with this band of 30 native warriors. One theory that's been put forth is that these guys were Vikings. These were a band of Vikings that had long lived in America as a separate little civilization. And this is how they lived. They raided other people. They took what they wanted like they did in Europe. But this time they got tracked down and three of them decided to make a stand while the rest of them took off. I think that idea is way more honestly badass than the Bigfoot. Like, yes, Bigfoot standing up getting shot in the head. But I think I think the idea, and I've always found this idea intriguing. I know they came out of that movie Pathfinder, which was okay. But the idea of Vikings versus, like, Native Americans, I find absolutely, like, visually stunning. I think that is such a... Not for them. They're like, oh, I'm getting stabbed. I'm getting stabbed. And the other guys, the Vikings, are getting shot with arrows. It's not visually stunning for them. But you have two, basically, the two most alpha civilizations on the planet like i'd like to see ninjas fight aztec warriors i'd actually like to see ninjas fight knights from medieval times i'd like to see like aztec warriors fight you could have aztec warriors fighting vikings anyways that's not the point the point is is like it's it's kind of the point the point is is that i think it's awesome when you have two societies fight but not like I don't. I mean, I don't really care about like Russia and Syria fighting Turkey. That's not as interesting. I want to see like those ancient civilizations clash in ways they never did. So to me, it's more exciting and exhilarating to think that in 1855, some dudes running up on some Vikings that were eating children, and a Viking, a human, turned around and punched a horse so hard the horse died. And then the Viking kept getting stabbed. I'm not saying the Viking's a good guy in this scenario either. Don't get it twisted. I'm not like, yay, go Vikings. He's deserved to die because he's eating children. But I just find that idea more interesting than the Bigfoot. But either way, either way, if this story happened, something very, very dark happened. Children went missing and were eaten. A brave man died trying to seek out vengeance. And three men, or beasts, or both, were killed in that glen. But, remember, a bunch of them got away. And just because we got no further reports in that area, 
doesn't mean that they didn't continue their reign of terror somewhere in the American West. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. 